You're listening to the Kanks Cast Podcast. New episodes are released weekly. Follow on Twitter and Instagram at KanksCast. Like on Facebook and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. This is your weekly Sacramento Kings podcast for Kings fans by Kings fans. As always, this episode is brought to you by Ziggy Smoke Shop. You can follow Ziggy Smoke Shop on Instagram at Ziggy Smoke Shop 209. They have locations in Stockton and Tracy. Uh, we are coming off of a fun episode just last week. Ryan and I were juiced to be back on episode 61. And we talked about the great divide in Kingsland. As we're entering the trade deadline, it's tank versus no tank. What to do? People are freaking out, not knowing what's going to happen in the second half of the season. If you're looking for that episode or anything Kings cast, you can find all of our episodes streaming wherever you find your podcasts. Bringing in my co-host today, as always, Ryan, what's good? What's going on, Kings? Uh, played well last night against Boston. Um, that was fun. I'm glad they won. I was, you know, I have class on Friday nights. It really sucks. It's, you know, but it, it, it's Zoom. But anyways, I had, you know, Zoom on Zoom class and then uh, the game right next to it. Um, so pretty much I didn't pay attention to anything that happened in class. I have no clue what they talked about. Um, but the Kings got a win. So that was fun. Um, also, I've been off this last week of work. It's been really, really nice. A lot of projects getting done. Weather is very nice today. Finally got to mow my lawn. You know, it's almost lawn season. And if you guys have been listening to us for, you know, the last year and a half that we've been doing the podcast, um, we love our lawns. We were those guys. We care. Um, so I, I believe we've actually posted pictures, correct? Like on our, on our Instagram, like of our or Twitter or something like that of our lawns, you know, because we were getting a lot of, a lot of chatter about that. Big, big um, lawn. Yeah. Yeah. Big long guys. So the, Hey, you know, I woke up this morning, took an allergy pill, right? Drink of water, went out, did the lawns. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited, man. It's a really nice day. Uh, really nice day for the podcast. So, uh, yeah, let's get to it, man. Yeah. Uh, you know, we had one of our old sayings from one of the old episodes, uh, the grills clean and the lawns green. That's, that's what I, that's what I love about this time of year. So, um, yeah, big Kings win. For me, I built a home gym in my garage. It was kind of legit. I mounted a TV, so I've been getting them pumps watching the Kings game, which is great. You know, some of those games when they're kind of tough, you know, helps me push through that extra that extra rep. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> fucking guys. No, I'm just joking. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, super fun episode today. I was – Ryan, I think we've been looking forward to this episode for a long time. Uh, it's been a long time coming because um, – this has been a topic going honestly that you and I started bringing up towards the end of last year. And as we went to the off season, we talked about the preseason with KC and I was something I said, I think is the most interesting storyline in Kingsland going into this year and throughout this year. And that's the Rashawn Holmes situation. 
the situation. The, the situation. Okay, so Rashawn Holmes' contract situation, his role, what to do with Rashawn Holmes. And so I think right now is a really good time to bring this up because the, the trade deadline is in about a week. And a lot of this chatter, a lot of the takes coming out on Rashawn Holmes are starting to pop up on Kingsland, our Facebook page. If you're not on, jump on that. Um, there's a couple big proponents out there for Rashawn Holmes. And, and the thing is, is the argument has kind of shifted and turned and, and gone in a bunch of different directions. There's some people out there who are super passionate about Rashawn Holmes and really like him. Um, and so it just makes it really interesting. And I thought I, I've been having so much, so many back and forth. And I know you have too. I thought it was time to come in and do one episode dedicating to our take on Rashawn Holmes. So here's where we'll start it off, right? I'll kind of lay it out for us. So um, this really goes back uh, over a year ago with Bogdan Bogdanovich. Okay. Um, Ryan and I early on, you know, this is right when he didn't sign the extension last year going into the season. We started calling for Bogdanovich to be traded because we knew we were hearing the market that was going to be set for that guy. You know, 15 million. We're like, no, we're not for that money. So basically all last year, we campaigned for Bogdanovich to be traded at the deadline because we feared they were going to have to match a high contract or lose him for nothing. All right. They didn't trade him. They ended up losing him for nothing. And everybody all year last year, Everybody, media people, called us idiots, told us we were crazy. And we're just like, guys, the cap, everything doesn't make sense, you know? And so then going into this year, Ryan and I saw Rashawn Holmes. He's going to be an unrestricted free agent. He's kind of played above. He, he, had kind of ha- he has played above his contract and anything he's ever done in, the, in his career. And you're starting to hear this take about him making $15 million and him getting overpaid and, and whatnot. And so... Ryan and I just kind of identified the same situation as, oh, God, man, this could be another guy that people could get overpaid. But we don't think he's going to, right? We don't think he's worth that. So I want to start it off right there, Ryan, because we thought it was very interesting because we thought he was a candidate, just like Bogdanovich last year, to get traded at the deadline, right? Yeah, 100%. Uh, Yeah, dude, you know, we always said we were never going to bring up Bogdanovich, dude, but (laughs) – like after he was moved, we were like, "All right, this is it. We're never bringing the guy up." But you know, look at this. Look at the situation that we're in right now with Rashawn Holmes, and it's very, very, very similar. Um, so yeah. So uh, one thing I do want to point out real quick before we really jump into um, the rest of this is, you know, it is Eric saying he he's not worth an average of fifteen million per season. Okay, so we're we're looking on averages, right? So like. What this means is, you know, a three years, $45 million. That's $15 million per average, right? Uh, but, you know, Eric has definitely outlined, and I've, and I've been there too, is, um, you know, is, is, you know, maybe he gets $15 million the first year and that kind of stuff. But I, I just really wanted to point that out real quick before we go into um, um, everything else, you know, because I think a lot of people – are going to, you know, if he does, I think it's very possible he can come out and get 15 million in the first year. And people were like, see, I told you, I told you he got the 15 million, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, we're talking about on average, right? We're very big fans of de-escalating contracts and all that kind of stuff. So Eric, I know you're really itching, so you can jump in on this. Um, Go ahead. So, okay. So here you, you went straight to contract and there's, and that's pretty much the biggest thing around it. And that's where we're coming from is contract. All right. 
So, yeah, I, I said he was a candidate to be traded, and we thought he was a candidate to be traded because um, the, the looming unrestricted free agency. And if some team was going to pay him $15 million on average a year, we, we, we thought that was going to be too much, right? And so that's why we thought that. Um, but the big thing here, Ryan, is, is that people – that's really what it's about for us. I will say ahead of the season, I, I, I didn't – I thought he was – he he's, he kind of re, he returned this year and played the same levels he did last year. Okay, and I wasn't sure if he was able to sustain that. In in that they could be, I, I, I basically I'm a little bit more of a believer in him to be here than I was. So that's why it's be for me it's become a little bit more of a, I'd like to see him here, and I think that's why other people have gotten so passionate about him because he has played consistent for the last year. You know, um, the hard thing here about his contract is that the the 15 million. It's it's just not the market for him. It's not it's not mar- it's above market value. It's very high end market value. And what we mean is fifteen million for f- you know three to four years is what they're talking about, right? It's just above the market. And when I hear when people like to counter with you got to pay him, I say, well, find me a player comp. You know, find me a player comp like him that is making that that type of money. That's that's a good one, right? And no one yes. can do that. Well, people have all right. So. To clarify, people have given us player comps, okay? Um, but every single player comp that they that they have given, it has been a specific situation, right? Like you could take Cody Zeller, for example. They, you know, I, I forget what he he's making a ridiculous amount of money, all right? And it's, um, you know, he he's making a ridiculous amount of money, and I guarantee Charlotte regrets it, right? Like Charlotte would give anything to to get out of that situation. So that's a big thing, you know. People are giving you know Cody Zeller, uh, Gorgie Jang. Um, just off the top of my head, two guys that are severely overpaid, and um, you know those, those are the te- yeah those ahead, are the two ahead. those are the two big ones. I mean, those yeah. are the two big ones, and and those and really everybody else, there's nothing near that. Those are the two big ones that didn't say, well, he they got the money, so he should get the money. I'm like, well, number one, a bad two bad contracts doesn't justify a reason for you to pay a guy a bad contract. All right, those two guys are outlier contracts, and they don't actually represent market value they don't represent the market they they don't represent that they're outliers to that the only reason those guys got contracts is because they're like 23 24 and they were entering an extension all right and in restricted free agency on the teams that drafted them cody zeller was like the fourth pick in the draft and so they extended them and that was that was the market for the extension for a guy at that time based on future potential there's no unrestricted free agent that's at 28 years old that signed that type of contract that you can't find one out there you can't yeah, 100%. And um, I think you even pointed this out earlier, right? Gorgie Jang's not even on the team that he signed the contract with, correct? You know, so it, there, there really isn't a player comp out there. There's, you know, a lot of people, um, you know, may, maybe Miles Turner, that, that was, I, I feel like we need to touch on that. Miles um, Turner is making, what, 17 mil a year, 18 mil a year. Um, but, you know, the difference is Miles is Turner's 24. You know, there, there, there's a huge difference. Miles Turner's Miles Turner's 24 and he leads the league in, in, in blocks. You know, he is a, he is an anchor defensively and he averages, um, he's a little less of a rebounder, but he averages about the same points. He can take it out to the three point line. Um, so there's the one that people like to throw out there as well that we are forgetting, but um, yeah, it, it, Miles Turner, that's, that's the age thing as well. It's the age thing. And it's the same situation. A guy who, who was coming up for a contract extension on a, a high draft pick, a team that drafted him. And they signed him, and a really Miles Turner on the open market would be would would fetch a couple million higher than Rashawn Holmes. So you know I'll, I'll, the 
that's my number one thing with the contract is I can't find a player comp. So I can't find a player comp to justify that. And I think that's okay to say, right? It's okay to say, uh, hey, I like him, but I just don't think he's worth that. And if that's what he's worth, then he's got to go. Well, and here, so here's what uh, a counter, Ryan, I'll put out. Some people say is, okay, well, in Sacramento, you got to pay guys to play here. You know, they say that's, that's one of the things. Or what else are you going to use the extra couple million for? You know, and that's where my, my counter to that is, is like, it's, you know, cause you're, oh, you're just going to let him go for nothing. You're going to, you're going to lose the money. I'm like, no, it's, it's, it's about that. You can't, when you're building a roster and you're tight to the cap, you have, you have two decent contracts in, in homes and not, not homes, um, buddy healed and Harrison Barnes. All right. And then Fox's max contract that you have to play it tight to the vest. You can't lock in 15 million a year. And, you know, some people even say up to 18 which is you know that's that's where it's like absurd yeah so maybe they don't use it and 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 i was told well maybe that's not a good good enough you know you what are you going to use it on sometimes the best thing to do is just to have 18 million that you didn't spend maybe just fill out the bench on one year deals next year that are that are expiring and they can play in your because that's the biggest problem with the whole team this year is their bench so sometimes it's just not locking in that much money for two to three years will allow you the flexibility to make some moves in the next year or two. That's one of the bit, that's the biggest thing right here. Right. Yeah. hundred percent. And, and like, look at it, you know, you, you said it right now, the bench is the biggest problem on the team right now. You have a solid roster, but you know, you're strapped financially a little bit this season. So you, you didn't, you weren't able to fill out the bench, you know, you brought in a, a veteran minimum and, in Glenn Robinson and the vet minimum for um, for Hassan Whiteside. And other than that, our bench is, is, is minimal. So you could use, you know, next year, that money could be used to fill out that bench. So um, yeah, I just, you know, it's, it's really crazy that people are saying 18 million, like, okay, I can understand, you know, like when people say 15 million, I'm like, okay, no, I wouldn't do that. That's a, that's borderline. Okay. Like now that's getting too much. But when you say 18 million, you know, that's just you doubling down on a bad take. You know, that that's you doubling down and saying, you know what, he is he is this. And it's like, nah, no, he's not. You're being absurd. I think that the contract I w- this is the contract I would like to see. Okay, if I, uh, uh, for a guy for a guy like Rashawn Holmes, the contract I would like to see is I said three years, thirty million is what I said. You know, and he can get twelve million the first year, ten million the second year. And then he would get eight million on the third year on a team option, yeah. And that's so he he gets his he gets twelve million, ten million up front. He's he's guaranteed he's guaranteed twenty two million, and then he has that team option on the eight. And the reason I like that contract is because it kind of falls in line with market value and and really it's, it's I think that's a savvy type of contract de-escalating with a team op- option on the back end. You know I, I like that. It allows him to come in and start in the short term, and then towards the end of his deal. He he's a he's a rotational front court player, you know, and his deal reflects that. When you if you sign a guy right now on that high end, and then it's a multi year average, maybe okay, maybe next year, maybe Rashawn Holmes, you know, fifteen million for one year, if they can afford it, they can fit it in. I get that. Okay, I don't like it, you know, but I get that. But it's not about next year; it's about the year after and the year after, and it's not even about necessarily him. It's about what having that contract would prevent you from doing right. I'd like to have the money flexible. I'd like to have the option to sign someone. I'd like to have the option to take on money and send back a, you know, chop that up into small contracts and send it back as expiring deals to take on a real player. You know, I'd like that for, for a team. And that happens all the time, right? Like, um, 
Andre Drummond last year got traded for peanuts. And why? Because the contract was big and the team just wanted to get out from underneath it. I mean, that's basically in the NBA that happens all the time. I mean, the Kings got Harrison Barnes on basically nothing because they gave up contracts that didn't mean anything and got that team out of out of cap situation. So I, I want that flexibility the, the next couple of years. That's my biggest thing, you know? And so I, I, I don't know, man. I don't think it's that difficult. I think it's one of those. And so people will say, okay, what happens if a team does offer him 15 million, Ryan? Doesn't that mean um, that... Doesn't that mean that he's worth that? Well, maybe, but teams have different situations, right? Teams have different situations because they don't have the cap outlook. Like, that's how the Atlanta Hawks, I mean, Trey Young's on a rookie deal. Like, they they are able to to spend that money because they have the money on the two to three years to do so. You know, so if a team wants to slightly overpay him because they, you know, but then you got to let him walk. And that's the hardest thing for Kings fans to hear because, man, they love their they love their players so much. People walk all the time. They walk all the time from teams, dude. Because it's just, hey man, that's great. That that money is not for me. It doesn't help me. You know? Yeah, and well, you gotta have, you know, you gotta have the uh, you know, to you gotta you gotta be able to look into the future a little bit, right? If you're McNair, and it's something that Vladi Divok did not do last year with the Bogdanovich situation. You know, he 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 really did you know, he didn't, he wasn't willing to move him at the trade deadline and look what happened. So hopefully, you know, you never know, right? Like we said last week on the podcast, um, you know, we don't really know what situation that McNair is going to go in. So who knows? Maybe they do move him. Maybe they are looking to the future and they are seeing a market where, um, you know, he, he is a, he is a talented player that we can move. And um, real quick, before, before we move on, you gave, um, say again, how much, how much were you, were you willing to give him? Give your contract. Cause I'm going to give mine. I, I, I would say, Okay, this is my ideal contract is what yes. I said. Ideally, I would like ideal. to give him uh, 12, 10, and 8. Uh, okay. Basically, 12, 10, and 8. So year 1, 12, 2, yeah. 10. Okay. And it equals 30. And it would guarantee him $22 million with a team option on the 8. That's my ideal. I understand if they might want to bump that first year up slightly or if they need to bump it up by $1 million, $2 million, something on something. But I like the team option. You know, I like it yeah, kind of around yeah. that range. Yeah, see, see, I'm I'm a little bit a step above you, dude. I'm willing to give him 15 million in that first year. I I really am. I'm I'm willing to give him 15 million in the first year, and and you you know you want to you want to stay flexible and you want to have that team option, right? So that's how you kind of sweeten the deal. Is hey, we'll give you this, you know, we'll give you a three year deal, but we'll we'll overpay you in year one. Year two, it's going to be you know pretty market value from what me and you think it is, and then year three, we're you know you're probably going to get moved expiring deal. So honestly, I would probably go 15, 12, 10. I really would. Three years, 37 mil. The you know the the last year being being on a team option, um, you know, because he is a very talented player. He is, and I and I'm okay overpaying in year one because it's not going to strap us next year. Um, the second year, you know, uh, we we can live at the 12 million that last year obviously is expiring deal, and he he most likely would be moved. He would be at age 31 season, I believe, at that point. Um, but yeah, that would be. Ideally, I, I like your your contract situation, but I would be willing if I'm Sacramento. Is that would be my top out right there? Is you know three years, thirty seven mil, front load it, um, give him that fifteen million for that one year, and 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 see how it played out. We're no capologists. We should say that. I mean, there's a lot of weird rule. You know, 
the this cap and contracts, dude, I, I'm not a professional. This is just something that you kind of see these types of deals throughout. I mean, we could be wrong on how many mil, how many millions can change from one year to year percentage-wise. There's a lot of weird shit like that. Yeah, I think, yeah. so. if anything, it's just roughly what we'd like to see. I will say, it too, for the record, I'm with you in that I'm okay with the year one. It's it's the $15 million a year average. It's the there. average, exactly that's, what that's, I said at the, the beginning. The biggest, yes. And that's the biggest problem that you and I have. And you know what's... So I, all right, I'll say this. That's what's so difficult for people, for me, is like, why don't people see that? You know, people just love them. And, and the 15 million a year average, here's the, people are like, well, what's the difference if it's, you know, two years, 16 million? Well, here's, here's the difference. It might be great next year, but in two years, when you have to move, con, move con, uh, some, some contracts or move to trade for a player or sign someone, like you can't, or you need to re-sign someone, you can't. I mean, that's what happened with with Bogdanovich this year. Because, because they had Corey Joseph's contract locked in, they were unable to free up two to three more million to help them out to sign Bogdanovich. For little, tiny, little millions, they make the difference. And when their player is a rotational player for you, it's those are decisions you have to make, you know? And so it's the, the reason the de-escalating all that and a team option is that Basically, it pays the guy his upfront money right away. I mean, he'll get he'll get his second contract by the time he's thirty potentially. You know, thirty one, which he still can get one more contract. Um, and he's essentially treated as he's he's a tradable asset after a year is what it is. You know, and that's why I think me and you are okay with front loading it because we're they are going to have the cap space to maybe overpay him next year. They could, and we when we say overpay, it could be two to three million. You know, they could two to three million overpay him next year. It's it's the consecutive years that I'm worried about. So, and we know he, he's going to be on the roster next year. So, front load it, give him the 15 million up front, de escalate it down. And then that way he's a tradable asset after two years. And and why is he a tradable asset after two years? Because there's a team option on the back end. His contract's de escalating. So, it, it's essentially he's being traded as an expiring contract for two years in a row. You know, that's very valuable. You know, it's a very valuable, especially for a player who you can throw in your rotation uh, to have expiring two years in a row like that. You know, I, I, and and that's where when we get the counter arguments, Ryan, I don't think that we get. I don't, I don't think we're debating people who are thinking about it in this in this way. You know, do you? Do you I don't. I don't think. I think they're thinking about it about his talent, and it's not about his talent. It's not about his fucking talent. We and and I and we'll, we'll we'll talk about his talent next, but it's not about his talent. It's about his contract, and it's so it's so. I don't get it. Why do Why do you think it is? Why do you think that people? are having such a difficult time with our take because it's our take. KC posts the same thing and other people in Kingsland, they post the same thing. Sam Amick this week, Ryan, Sam Amick. Uh, I don't know if you saw this. He, he posted a thing or he didn't post a thing. He was on a podcast or something. Right. And then they, and they talked about it and he said that, you know, along the lines of, you know, I, I hate to say it, but Rashawn Holmes should be a candidate to move to the trade deadline because if you look at the economics of it, is basically what Sam Amick said. It, it might not make sense for them in the long term. He's like, it's, and you know what he said? He's like, it's a super Sacramento Kings type of deal where a guy's playing really hard and then they want to pay him just because he plays mm-hmm. hard here. You know, that's, that's that, and that's where people are coming from. But the economics of it, it just doesn't make sense. You know, it, it's not. And so, it's tough. It's just, it's a t- I don't get why, why are people not understanding the contract and how the, it affects the whole team, I guess. Yeah. Well, we're so it's Sacramento and we've been bad for so long. And there's a guy here who is a good basketball player uh, who's in the prime of his career right now, you know, 27, 20, I think he's 28 now. Correct. Um, you know, he's in the prime of his NBA career right now. He he's a good 
quote unquote locker room guy, like everybody loves in Sacramento. Um, you know, everybody seems to like him. Everybody even likes his mom. You know what I mean? Like he's a very, you know, everything comes out is, is he's very likable and people, you know, they, they can't differentiate, you know, the, you know, liking him to, you know, to, I guess differentiate is not a good word, but people can't separate that, you know, that like and love. That's what it is right there. You know, people, they, they, they fall in love with people. And we've said it on here many times as Colin Coward always says, fall in like with players like them, but they should be moved if it's for the best thing for the team. And I really believe the best thing for the team is, you know, is to possibly, okay, possibly move Rashawn Holmes at the trade deadline because his value will never be higher. He is a very good player right now in the prime of his career and, um, you know, like Sam Amick said, economically, I, I don't know if it makes sense for Sacramento moving forward. I really don't. But that's that's what it is, dude. Kings fans, they fall in love, fall in like, um, you know, and it, that's that's what the problem is. They, they just love them. I, and I think that's what it is. I do. And it's like I went back. I'll give a shot to this guy. He, he had a good back and forth with me. Chris Laird, I think is how you say his name, yeah, uh, yeah. on Facebook. Yeah, I, I good back and about, forth. Yeah. He participates in the group. It was, it was a good conversation kind of about this. And that's what I said. I was like, I get you really, really, really like the guy. I, I get yeah. I, I like him. Maybe not as much as you. I mean, I like him. But, uh, you know, it's about the economics. And, and, and that's the thing when you go back and forth with people. The NBA is a salary cap league, okay, and it has guaranteed contracts. <laughs> like it's in the NFL, yeah, there are no guaranteed contracts, right? And they have a salary cap, so you know you can cut players. In the MLB, there's there's no salary cap, okay? In the NBA, you have guaranteed contracts in a salary cap league. You make one or two bad decisions, your money is on your books for multiple years. That is why it's so difficult to rebuild. It's why teams tack on first-round picks to shit contracts to free up money. Because if you're hugging against... That's the problem with the Kings the last couple of years. People like, why are the Kings been so bad for so long? Well, because they went through a stretch for about four or five years where they were, the, they were one of the tightest against the cap in the entire NBA. And they were one of the worst teams in the NBA because they went and spent a bunch of money on some dum-dums. And, and, and that's why when Vladi came in, he had to do all that shit with a pick swap and trading people to 70 to clear up money. You know, you can only – and the guy says, well, the Kings should absolutely be willing to go over the tax to pay Rashawn Holmes. Dude, you're not even a playoff team. You go over the cap when you're like, it's time. Like, we're that close. Ball over all over the goal line on the one yard line. We're gonna go over the cap. You don't go over the cap when you're the fucking eleven tied for the eleventh seed. Get the hell out of here, dude. So that's why I say I don't think we're debating people. I don't think we're debating the same thing with people. I keep telling people, I think you're making up an argument. You're making up an argument. You're making this about his talent. And you're and you're acting like everyone's hating on his talent. It's not about his talent. It's about his fucking contract. But let's talk about his talent, though, because what happens, Ryan, is people, when we do that, then it brings it out of us. Like, KC, KC definitely on his posts, and when he talks with us, he goes in this direction to really uh, lay out and put the talent in perspective. So let's kind of do a little bit of that, right? Because when people are like, well, he's, he's this, he's that, like, well, actually, he's kind of more like, like this, right? So start it off right there. What do you think Kings fans believe? What do you think he? What do you think he really is? What's his deficiencies? What? What's? What's the deal? You know? Okay. Why are we? Yeah. All right. So we'll we'll start at pros and cons list. Okay. Pro, he's efficient. Okay. And I'm gonna touch on that in a minute. You know, pro. You know, people love to point out his his field goal percentage, his free throw percentage. Um, pro, he's an energy guy. 
Um, he plays some defense. Um, he hustles. Uh, he's a good locker room guy. Cons, okay? He's undersized, okay? He's not an elite rebounder. He's not an elite defender. Um, you know, so th- those are the cons right there. Look, the biggest thing that I see about Rashawn Holmes that people love is, oh, he's leading the league in field goal percentage. That's their biggest thing on Rashawn Holmes. Oh, my God, look how efficient he is. Look at how, um, you know, he's leading the NBA in, in field goal percentage. Oh, my God, he shoots 81% from the free throw line as a center. Okay, well, let's put these things into perspective. Last year, Mitchell Robinson led the league in field goal percentage. Okay, 2019-2020 season, Mitchell Robinson led the league in field goal percentage. I believe it's 74%. Okay, and if you go look at the top 10, all right, every single person in that top 10 does not is not a three-point shooter from last year. Okay, you got guys like Giannis Antetokounmpo. I think Rudy Gobert was number two. Um, ben Simmons was in the top 10. Um, you know, guys like that. So when you put it into perspective, okay, you have to understand, okay, his field goal percentage is so high because he is getting the ball three feet from the basket and he, it, you know, it, it's, it's, it's easy. Okay. Not, and that's, I'm not saying it's easy, but it's, it's a higher percentage shot than say buddy healed shooting from 30 feet. Okay. It is what it is. All right. It's a higher percentage shot. He is inside the paint. Okay. Um, and also to his free throws, his free throw percentage. Okay. Um, he's at 80 points. I think it's 80.6 right now. So we'll round up. We'll go 81%. I want to say he shoots 2.4 free throws a game. I, 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 I need to double check on that. I'll check on that in just a moment and we'll come back to that. But I want to say he doesn't even shoot two and a half free throws per game. Okay. So he gets in the paint. He gets fouled one time a game. Okay, that he goes and shoots two free throws a game. Okay, two two and a half. Yeah, two, two and, and a half. half. Yeah, there we go. Okay, two and a half free throws a game. Okay, if he shot more free throws, his percentage I would guarantee you would go down. Okay, so some stats you need to look at, and you got to say, okay, all right, are these stats a little bit inflated? Okay, why is he why is he so efficient? Well. He doesn't shoot that much, okay? I believe he's shooting nine shots per game, okay? 8.3 or something like that are inside the paint, all right? And a lot of them are coming off a of De'Aaron Fox pick where he's, you know, Rashawn Holmes is rolling and he's getting that wide open seven-foot push shot, okay? So that, that's a big thing for me. And, and I'm not trying to take anything away from Rashawn Holmes' talent. He's a very good player and I really like him. But you have to put things into perspective, Okay. Why is he a league leader in this? Okay, well, let's go evaluate, all right? Why is he so efficient? Well, let's go evaluate. Let's put things into, into perspective. And, that, you know, that's, that's, where, that's what really, really bugs me about people. So all I see every single day on Kingsland is like, oh, my God, Rashawn Holmes went six for seven tonight. Great, with five dunks and two wide-open push shots. You know what I mean? So it's, it, it really just, you know, it, it, people really need to look in and put things into perspective for me with the talent-wise. That's the big thing is it's not hate, and that's it's so hard, man. It's like the, it's like that's that's the day and age though, and that's what happens when a lot of these debates and discussions happen on social media. You disagree, or you're putting something. Honestly, nowadays you put something in perspective. It's just it's it's hate. You know, hate would be oh, no, nah, he sucks, blah 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 blah. Like how people hate on Buddy Hield. <laughs> that's hate. You know, unrealistic. You know, I mean. It, he, he, he's deserving of criticism, no doubt, but it's, it's overly criti- critical, you know, that that's hate, you know, uh, not, not, no, this is actually what he is. Um, the, the, the thing going back to his contract, honestly, and, and then really his town here, Ryan, is that, um, 
the thing about Rashawn Holmes is he has been given a role here in Sacramento. He's been given, and this is what this is what really you know putting it all in in a big in a big bundle to people is is this. It's that okay. He's played here for seventy five games. Okay, and, and in seventy five games they've had I think a losing record. I'm gonna guess. Okay. Um, and in those 75 games, he's 12.9 points and like seven, maybe eight rebounds. Okay. Um, maybe a block, you know, that, that, that's what he is outside of that for the rest of his career. He's like seven points, three, three or four rebounds. So 75 games, he's played 12.9. I mean, those numbers, those numbers, I, I would say a lot of it has to do with the role, you know, he's given 30 minutes of quality quality starting time and he has been he's been given that the entire time he's here you know um if, if he got 25 minutes what would his numbers look like and that's really what we gotta look at is it worth that much money at 25 minutes or is his production that he's just given a big role and the kings uh use him for that not everybody's gonna hand out that type of money and that type of role. That's the two things that you got to look at. Um, I think he does play a role here. Okay. And that's where I've said my tune has changed. I was a non, I was like, he bench, bench. I, I've changed, you know, and that's one of the things we'll do. We'll come on here and say we were wrong, you know. I think the Kings could roll with him at center for, for next year. He's not a center, he's a power forward, I think. He's not a true center, but the way they want to play, small ball shit. He, you know, he he can play center for them. With that, understand the deficiencies that will come with it against lower tier teams that aren't strong in the front court. He eats. That's what's great about him. He does he does perform and and go above and beyond when he has a mismatch. And not everybody does do that, right? Uh, but against the true centers and true legit teams he's going to get eaten and bead Jokic, balachunas went off on his ass this year i wouldn't even call balachunas like a big time player anymore he's he's gotten older you know uh, a lot of these big big players okay dominate him and they in in the, the deficiency is that he is not he really isn't a dominant rebounder as well and that's kind of a, that's kind of a problem now the kings don't really have anybody else on their roster who can do that. And so they need to lean on him more for some of those things. And so as long as you can accept those deficiencies, I think I'm okay with him starting. And really they've shown this year that if they just had some depth, they can win with him. And that's why I support him being here and playing a little bit more, you know, what do you think? Yeah, no, it, it, it all comes back, right? He's a good player. You want to keep good players on your roster, but you know, at the end of the day, it's going to, you know, we're, we're kind of beating a dead horse and we're going to go around in circles. But at the end of the day, it's, you know, a contract situation. You don't ever want to lose guys for nothing. That's not, that's not um, winning basketball. I don't think that's not how you build a, a franchise. Um, I, you know, and it goes back to last year with Bogdanovich, you know, that, you know, at the end of the day, they did what was best, but ideally you would have liked to get something for him. Right. And that's the same thing that's happened here. Um, ideally, you know, it, you want Rashawn Holmes to come back and be on the team. You think he's a good player, and you th I think he can help us for the next three to four years. Um, but it, it's it's all coming down to is is he going to strap us financially, and is it going to make sense long term? Because in the grand scheme of things, the guy's what twenty eight years old. 
All right. You know, he's, he's five, four or five years older than Darren Fox and he's seven years older than Tyrese Halliburton. Um, he's five, six years older than Bagley. Um, so in the grand scheme of things, um, you know, he, he really isn't in a, into our long-term plans. You know, I, I don't think, and I don't think he should be, you know, there's, there's kind of two different timelines going on right now, but I, I don't think that, um, you know, sacrificing your, your future to have Rashawn Holmes just because you don't want to lose anything is, is a smart move. What do you think the Kings are, what do you think the Kings are going to do with it, man? I mean, what yeah. do you think? Because, because I really, it's, it's a conundrum. It's a real conundrum. I'll start it off, I guess. I'll start it off. I I think that he has turned it up a little bit in the last couple of weeks. People are really high on him. Luke Walton had a quote that come out about, you know, we're trying to recruit him back last year. He's getting asked about his unrestricted free agency. I think the Kings would want to bring him back. I really don't. I truly just don't believe that the market is what people like to put it out there as, as it is. I just, I don't think that. So I guess for me, I'm kind of like, I think he's, I think really what I think is going to happen is that he's going to go into unrestricted free agency and they're going to sign, they're just going to sign him for the market value. Like we've been saying, that's what I, I think it's all going to come down to that. And then really what would happen is people like us will say, great. He got signed for market value. We like him. And the people who really love him say, great. He's here. We love him. I, I really think that both parties are going to be appeased. But there is there is the chance of some crazy fucking team like like with McDonavich last year saying nope we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna give it the money, you know. And then I think if he does walk for nothing, would you think it'd be a real travesty though, right? Hundred percent. You can't let the guy walk for nothing. You can't two years in a row, you know, lose lose players like that. You you just can't do it, especially because I I think Rashawn Holmes is more valuable than McDonavich is. I I really do like Rashawn Holmes. I think he's a good player. Um, yeah. You know, you were talking about what you think they're going to do. I'm going to be completely honest with you guys. I think he's getting traded. I I, I think Rashawn Holmes is going to get moved. Um, I don't think McNair wants to risk um, losing him for nothing. And, you know, hey, there's always the possibility that you trade him. And if he loves Sacramento so much, maybe he comes back. You never know. But I just don't see McNair. I'd be disappointed if they if they risk it like that. Well, one thing we've said is that the Kings front office hasn't really shown us much. We don't know what their direction is, but we have a saying, right, Ryan? People are who you who they are, what they show you, right? I kind of butchered it, but they show you who they are. Believe yes. them is basically what I'm yes. trying to say. And what the Kings have showed us is that they value the cap space. They didn't sign anybody and lock up any money this last offseason. They didn't sign Bogdanovich because they would have locked up the cap space. And uh, honestly, that's all they've shown us. So would I be surprised at all if they traded him? No. Would I be as dis- disappointed if they traded him? No, not really. Not really. I, I would, it would, you know, I like the guy. I like him here, but I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be crying about it because at the end of the day, at the grand scheme of things, he's not, he's not a number one guy. He's not a number two guy. He's not a number three guy. Probably not a number four guy. You know, it, it is. What and and I, I think we should have this uh, real quick about Bagley, Ryan. Um, is that people think that there's a choice now, okay? Keep basically trade Bagley and keep Holmes in that role, and then the money's all you know good because you traded Bagley. Um, you, you see what I'm saying? Like, replace that power forward position with Holmes, get value for ba- Bagley, and now you have the long term play here. Uh, 
What's your thoughts on that? Because it seems to become more of a popular take, and I feel like we have to address it. Nope. Why? Why? Why trade Bagley right now? First off, he's hurt. Okay. <laughs> I, well, like I, in the off season, in the off season, trade him and then sign Holmes and then see. See, but there. why? Okay, so why would? Why would you do that first off, okay, when you can just keep Bagley and, and do the same thing that you're doing this year? If you're going to sign Holmes, you sign Holmes, and then if you're ever going to move Bagley, you know, let him be healthy and see if he makes another jump. You know, he did play really well this last, you know, two months. So, like, why why not just wait with Bagley till the trade deadline till next year, right? Why just why just bail on the guy like, like that right now? I, I just, That don't make sense to me. But, but that's how people are, and that's what's weird is that's how people are. It's like – it needs to be, it needs to be, it's a fork in the road. We need to make the decision now. It's like, it's the same thing with, you know, the healed and barn situation going this year. Oh, we need to trade him now. Why can't you fucking trade him later? Like, why do you, why do you got to trade him all, blow it all up and regress now? It's like, yeah. just cause you, you, you got to be patient about it. Um, I, I will say this is that the thing you have, I, you and I have said when it comes to offensive production and then just, and then just rebounding, um, Marvin Bagley in his hurt and limited minutes, statistically, his output is exceeds Rashawn Holmes offensively. Okay, it just it just does. Granted, yeah, he doesn't have the physicality down low, um, not the shot blocker, so to speak, that Rashawn yeah. Holmes is. But how old is the he? Efficiency. Ryan? Yeah, the, just the, the overall efficiency. Martin. Mar- yeah, he's like twenty-two. You know, so I would bet that in six years, when Marvin Bagley becomes uh, the same age Rashawn Holmes is, I would like to believe that he'd be a better player than than uh, Rashawn Holmes is right now. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think it's it's, it's people how people pit uh, people against each other. You know, and 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 it's either or, and the decision needs to be made, and we need to move off now. I like what you're saying. If they're going to sign him, sign him, but. It just seems to be like a move forward direction that I've heard out there. Oh, we need to just move forward, trade Bagley, get some players, start home, sign another player, and the team will be better off for that. I, I felt the need to ask you that, you know, because it is something people consider. Yeah, I, I, I don't like it. I don't think that you need to give up on Bagley. Yet. I think you need to wait till at least the trade deadline next year before you, before you make decisions on that, especially, you know, because he did play so well, I think, in the, in the second half of his season. Yeah, but uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Well, I think it's an interesting conversation, nuanced, a lot of different takes out there. Maybe this cleared it up. Maybe it cleared up our position. Maybe it didn't. Maybe it got you more pissed off. Let us know when we post the episode. You know, feel free to go back and forth with us. Um, we'd love to hear your guys's takes. So, hey guys, we appreciate you listening in. If you ever want to interact or be a part of the show, you can always do so by tagging us. You can find me and Ryan on Twitter and Facebook at Kingscast Eric and Kingscast Ryan. We're active on our Facebook group, Kingsland. So check that out. And to stay up to date with the podcast, you can check us out anywhere at King's Cast. So with that, for Ryan, this is Eric. Go Kings. Thanks. This episode was brought to you by Ziggy Smoke Shop, 209's headiest smoke shop. Follow them on Instagram at Ziggy Smoke Shop 209 for a view of all of their awesome inventory.